Hello, my name's Florence. Welcome to the OBS pod. I'm an NHS obstetrician, hoping to share some thoughts and experiences about my working life. Perhaps you enjoy Call the Midwife, maybe birth fascinates you, or you're simply curious about what exactly an obstetrician is. You might be pregnant and preparing for birth. Perhaps you work in maternity and want to know what makes your obstetric colleagues tick, or you want some fresh ideas and inspiration. Whichever of these is the case, and for that matter, anyone else that's interested, the OBSPOD is for you. Episode 145, Born Before Arrival. In the profession, we call this BBA for short. Born Before Arrival. What does that even mean? The definition of born before arrival of a midwife is a woman booked for hospital birth who unintentionally labours and gives birth without the support or presence of a midwife or obstetrician. It also includes women who planned to give birth at home but give birth before the midwife arrives. This is not the same as free birth or unassisted birth where the woman is intentionally giving birth without medical or midwifery assistance. I might cover that in a different episode. It's difficult to find the rates of BBA, interestingly. If you interrogate the National Maternity Dataset, BBA, born before arrival, isn't included. And equally, if you look at the ONS data, I couldn't seem to find a statistic for BBA. ONS being the Office of National Statistics. I'm interested in this. Because how can we tell whether we're providing a suitable service or not, or whether our rates of BBA are an outlier in comparison with other hospitals. These are women who planned to have assistance, who planned to have support at their birth, and didn't have it. And sometimes that can be The labour is relatively silent and a woman didn't realise she was in labour and then suddenly she had some mega contractions and a baby arrived. That's true. But my worry is that for some of these women, they may have been ringing our triage services. They may have been talking to members of maternity staff. And because we want women to stay at home during the early stages of labour, get the labour well established and be comfortable in their own home and not come into hospital too early, we encourage them to stay home, take a bath, maybe take some paracetamol and not to come to us too early. Some of those women may also end up inadvertently being a BBA. And one could argue that if the woman laboured well and she and her baby are well, how much does it actually matter? But to me it does matter because psychologically 
that woman, that family, that couple, they wanted the support of a health professional at that time and we let them down. I remember on occasion having to look into this when I was in a management position and people were unhappy with the care they'd received and they'd had a BBA. And it was difficult then to try and benchmark ourselves against other hospitals and find out what are the rates of BBA and how did we compare. And we did a little audit to look at the outcomes of the women that had had a BBA. And interestingly, when thinking about this topic and preparation for this episode, one of the few articles I found about BBA was in the British Journal of Midwifery and it was entitled Born Before Arrival, Supervision in Action and it related to some auditing and instant reporting done by the supervisors of midwives who are now renamed the Professional Midwifery Advocates to look at the rate of Born Before Arrival in Birmingham Their audit looked quite interesting. They looked at 60 case notes initially and ended up with 39 BBAs. And they found that there wasn't any difference in ethnicity, language, age, compared with their local population. The majority of women, 90%, were multiparous. That is, they were having their second or subsequent baby number of weeks was mainly 39 to 41. All 39 women had booked and received care during pregnancy and were admitted via ambulance. 59% of women were considered suitable for midwifery-led care and 41% were considered to be, in inverted commas, high risk for labour and therefore needing some obstetric input. Interestingly, back to my point about do we, when we're encouraging people to stay at home, leave things too late, they found in their audit that 64% had made no contact with a midwife prior to giving birth. In other words, these were potentially unavoidable. But 14 women had made contact, that's 36%. Of those, four had made contact within half an hour before the birth and therefore may not have been able to get to hospital in time. But five of the women had already telephoned and described signs of early labour. They also looked at the timing of BBAs and unsurprisingly, the majority were happening at night with 79% happening out of hours, so between 5pm in the evening and 8am in the morning. Weirdly, they only documented skin-to-skin in 39% of babies, and a couple of babies were transferred in with low temperature. And most of the women were actually perfectly fine, They all had blood loss less than 500 mils, so not classified as as a 
PPH or postpartum hemorrhage, excessive bleeding, only had first or second degree tears. And interestingly, the hospital stay, 39% was less than 12 hours, with the others being either 28%, 12 to 36 hours, and 36 hours to three days, the remaining 33%. And that's one of the few audits that I've managed to find. In this audit, they automatically transferred all women into hospital with their baby. And yet they found 87% were actually not clinically requiring to be in hospital. So it's worth having a little look at that audit because although it's small numbers and it's nine years ago, it's the only audit I've been able to find. The only other data I've been able to find is in a blog by Dr Jenny Hall on the Midwifery Forum website and she details just over a thousand births a year in the UK that happen outside the home, so in other places, so not just unplanned home birth but, you know, when you sometimes see that dramatic local news story about women giving birth at a train station or in a shopping centre, that sort of BBA that happens out and about. And certainly I sometimes wonder why that doesn't happen more often. I've definitely had women, particularly in preterm labour, which can be a little bit more unpredictable, come in by train because of traffic problems or because they haven't twigged they're in labour and then give birth almost immediately they arrive at our hospital which fortunately is only about five minutes from the train station on foot. Giving birth without assistance is definitely something I see people come and ask me about in the antenatal clinic. They might be worried about birth in the car park or on the way to hospital, particularly if they've had a very rapid or what we call precipitate labour in the past. They're concerned. What if this time they don't make it to the hospital? What if their birth partner is left to deal with them in labour on their own? And I've been asked this by birth partners in the antenatal clinic. She laboured so fast last time, I'm really worried about what's going to happen. An obvious choice would be to think about home birth. And for some women, this is a good option. And this can also be a good and safe option if it wouldn't be strictly recommended by our guidance. I see quite a lot of women who want to plan a home birth for this reason. It's safer for them, for midwives to come to them and be with them at home if they're not going to have much warning than for them to get in the car and make a journey to hospital. Perhaps they might give birth on the way. Perhaps they might give birth in the car park. And often we can assume that this is a great result. It's been so quick 
How fantastic. How lucky is that woman? And it's exciting. There's a story to tell and share for the rest of that baby's life. But actually, couples can find it quite traumatic. Actually, it was so fast, they didn't even have time to think. It was frightening. They felt unsupported. And often what I tell them is help is at hand. And so when I'm having conversations in clinic, I try to reassure them. I explain to them that actually any birth that happens like that is likely to be going well. Everything is working as it should. The contractions are effective. The baby's in a good position. And that actually there's very little that needs to be done. All that really needs to happen is for whoever's with the woman to support her, keep her calm, reassure her, be with her. And when the baby arrives, keep the baby skin to skin, dry it with a towel. Skin to skin will keep it warm. And don't even worry about the umbilical cord or the placenta. There's no need to interfere with that. You'll know if you've listened to my episode on cord blood that actually we don't need to cut and clamp the umbilical cord. There's no need to worry about tying it and cutting it. All you need to do is leave it be. I've also explained to couples that if they dial 999, they will get an ambulance dispatcher who will talk to them, who will keep them on the phone until an ambulance arrives. So they won't be alone. There will be somebody who can keep talking to them, who can tell them what they should or shouldn't be doing. But actually, most of these births are straightforward and they can be very hands-off and they don't need to panic. The ambulance will be dispatched quickly. The dispatcher will stay on the phone until the ambulance arrives, giving them some support, albeit over the phone. And we will usually dispatch a community or home birth midwife out to them too. So help is on its way. But all they need to do keep the baby warm, keep the baby in skin to skin, leave the cord and placenta alone. Sometimes when people have experienced a BBA before or a precipitate, very quick labour and they don't want to have a baby at home or they're frightened of it, they may opt for an induction of labour instead. That way they can plan their labour and birth and know that they will be in hospital. And if that's their choice and that's where they feel safest or there's a reason why a hospital birth really would be recommended, then that can be a useful option to discuss. But they do need to be aware of the complications and problems that induction could potentially cause. 
When I was preparing this episode, I also had a little look at our trust guidance because often I meet women who've had a baby, a BBA, when they're brought into hospital. Sometimes, of course, transfer to hospital by ambulance and with a midwife is of benefit. Maybe the woman's got a tear that needs stitching or maybe she's bleeding slightly more than we'd like or maybe there's a issue with the delivery of the placenta or it could be that the baby needs some attention so quite often women that have had a BBA are brought in by ambulance and I see them on the labour ward but actually if birth has been straightforward and if there aren't complications Why are we bringing the woman into hospital after the event? If she can be safely checked over by a midwife or paramedic ambulance team at home and actually everything is okay at home and psychologically she's okay at home and the midwife can stay with her for a couple of hours after the birth, just in the same way as we would after a home birth, then why does she need to come into hospital? She doesn't. And if she needs stitching and it's uncomplicated stitching, the midwife can do that at home. So my zesty bit for this very short and sweet episode is, as a health professional, if you're called to a BBA, think carefully. Apart from the birth being rather quicker and not having the support or taking place in the environment that was anticipated? Has the pregnancy and birth been otherwise uncomplicated? What are the woman's pulse, blood pressure, temperature, blood loss? And how is she psychologically? And the baby, what are its APGOR scores, its temperature, its heart rate, its breathing? Is everything okay? Remember, 87% of women and babies in that audit in Birmingham did not actually need hospitalisation following their BBA. Perhaps staying with that woman at home for a couple of hours rather than rushing in in an ambulance might be a better end to that experience and may give her time to process a little bit what just happened and talk it through with a midwife rather than being dramatically bundled into the back of an ambulance. Something to think about. And if your prospective parents listening to this or maybe you had a BBA before or maybe... You had a very quick labour before. Think about home birth. But if you are caught on the hop and labour happens suddenly, don't be frightened. Ring 999. The dispatcher will give you some support. And birth is a natural physiological process. And if it's happening that fast, chances are, 
You don't need to do anything very much except keep your baby skin to skin and don't interfere. I very much hope you found this episode of the OBSPOD interesting. If you have, it'd be fantastic if you could subscribe, rate and review on whatever platform you find your podcasts, as well as recommending the OBSPOD to anyone you think might find it interesting. There's also tons of episodes to explore in my back catalogue from clinical topics, my career and journey as an obstetrician and life in the NHS more generally. I'd like to assure women I care for that I take confidentiality very seriously and take great care not to use any patient identifiable information unless I have expressly asked the permission of the person involved on that rare occasion when it's been absolutely necessary. If you found this episode interesting and want to explore the subject a little more deeply, don't forget to take a look at the programme notes where I've attached some links. If you want to get in touch to suggest topics for future episodes, you can find me at the Pod on Twitter and Instagram and you can email me theobspod at gmail.com Thank you for listening.